Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Let's hang out. Hey everyone, and welcome back to Les Hang Out, the podcast hosted by two very merry gays. From the West Coast, I'm Lee Holmes Foster. And from the East Coast, I'm Ellie Brigida. To those of you who have been with us through this whole journey, thank you as always for listening. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We're excited to have you here. And here's what's happening this week. This week in the Lesdom. This week in the Lesdom is a place where we can touch base each episode about things going on with the podcast or otherwise. And this week is our last episode. <laughs> Oh, Ellie's going to cry right off the top. It's going to be rough. Don't worry. We'll be back in the fall. It is just our last episode of this season. We will miss you all, but make sure you follow us on social media so you can see all of the fun things we have planned for the summer because we will be doing some more trivia nights. Just endless trivia. Endless. This, this is our it. year for trivia. I know. We have a lot of trivia coming up. We are kicking off our, our summer trivia spread with uh, July 9th. We are going to be having some Motherland Fort Salem trivia, so keep an eye out for that, because I don't know if you've heard, but we, we're, we're kind of big fans I of like Motherland. I like Motherland, slightly. I, it's okay. It's fine. It's fine. It's great. Uh, it's pretty awesome. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> July 30th, we're going to have another Buffy trivia, so you know you don't want to miss that one. Uh, and if you don't want to miss Buffy trivia, you most definitely don't want to miss August 13th, another round of Schitt's Creek trivia. That's right. And August 27th, we will be having She-Ra Trivia. I am on episode two of season five, so things have really escalated. You got a little time left. Yes. A little bit. A little bit. I will finish by August. Probably finish by tomorrow, to be honest. And I know you're all as heartbroken as we are that this is our last episode of this season. We're going to be on, on hiatus for a bit, but we do also want to say, for once, this is not a summer where uh, I or my wife are having a baby. What? <laughs> I know. A surprising for all of us, really. Uh, no new babies this summer. So Ellie and I will be busy. We'll be working on some other secret projects that we have going on that we cannot wait to tell you all about when there is some new news. But I just want to plant that little seed in everyone's mind that we got some stuff cooking. You know us. We just we can't stop, won't stop. We've got some projects. We're busy. We've got we've got things. It's just rude of you to tease it and not tell I am. Anyone. I'm being so People rude right now. People are going to be spending their entire summer like, what in the world could they be doing? <laughs> and then they're going to tweet at us and they're going to say, Ellie and Lee, I know exactly what you're doing because this is what you would do. Think, listeners. Here's my hint. What would Ellie and Lee do? That's what we're doing. How about this? I'll give them... <laughs> I'll give them one big, I'll give them one more big hint, okay? What what would we do that is a project currently that is going to be spearheaded by myself, Ellie, and our good friend, Valerie Rose Lohman? That's your only there hint. There you go. That's your hint. So think about it. Send us uh, send us your ideas on what, what we're cooking up over here. Please guess. I want you to guess. <laughs> <laughs> there is another new project that I'm working on that I can tell you all about while you're waiting to hear what Lee and I have up our sleeves, and that is... An eight-episode mini-series all about Sappho, the OG lesbian from the Isle of Lesbos. I am so excited about this show. If you're a fan of Sappho, or even if you've never heard of Sappho, which please take a listen to the podcast because we will enlighten you as to why Sappho is iconic, I would love it if you would tune in. Also, follow us on our socials at Sweet Bitter Pod. We are investigating the the life and controversy surrounding Sappho. Some people say she wasn't actually a lesbian at all and she just wrote erotic poems about women for fun. So <laughs> it's the should have been gay of, uh, <laughs> of Greek and Roman times. So if you want to check it out, we have some really cool interviews with Diane Rayer, who's one of the best Sappho translators out there, and also Tracy Walters, who talked to us about Sappho and Greek mythology through the lens of African-American culture. She even talked to us about how one of the characters from The Color Purple is based on Sappho. So we're trying to get as many perspectives as we can 
on this real life person, but the legend that has become Sappho and trying to uncover some of the things that we can know about her and how she influences all of us today. So I would love for you to check that out and join our launch team. The only commitment for the launch team is to listen to the first episode, which I promise you will love. So you listen to the first episode and give us a rating and review on iTunes the first week we come out so we can hit the ground running and get as many people knowing about and listening to a show about one of the coolest lesbians pretty much of all time, Sappho. And um, you can find our launch page on all of our social medias at Sweet Bitter Pod. Also speaking about social media, if you follow me on any of my accounts, I have just made a TikTok. <laughs> I am obsessed. I'm, I'm trying to keep up with the kids in these days. And uh, I have committed myself to doing one video a day to 5,000 followers. So one a day to 5K. That's my plan. So if you can help me get there, I would really appreciate it. So follow me on TikTok. It's at Ellie Brigida. I've been just singing up a storm there. So if you like hearing me sing, I will be singing on there all the time. In the greater Liz universe, we have some just, you know, small things that we want to talk about before uh, before we get to this, our, our final episode. Ugh. Okay. The first one, I just, we, I had to touch on this because I don't really know what's going on and I think I'm ready for it, but I, who knows? Who knows? Uh, so I just, I found this headline and the headline was the 2019's wildest B movie, The Velocipastor, which yes, is about a priest who can turn into a dinosaur and fights crime. Thank God. Yeah. Is getting a sequel and the sequel is going to be about a lesbian couple fighting Dracula in the 1880s and it is going to be called... Outback Dracula. Is it because they own a Subaru Outback? I That was my guess. I do not know that for sure since the movie's not out yet, but I just want everyone to really start preparing themselves for this movie to exist in the it's world. coming. I'm sure we're going to do Essentials, right? Yeah, oh, we of have course. To. Uh, <laughs> we have, yes. We only can pick a select few, and this has made the top of the list. Great. In other Les Universe news, Raven Simone has gotten gay married. Hooray! That's so Raven. <laughs> Thank you. I'm so happy that I could set that up for you. You're welcome. I'm just really happy for her. Also, just currently, I don't know what it is. I, I have Disney Plus, so I've been like diving into that So Raven and Raven's Home, which is, I don't want to say better than that So Raven, but gayer than that So Raven. So if you haven't seen it... Which is better. Yeah. So you should watch yeah. it. It's pretty gay. I love it. You've tried to talk me into a should have been gay oh, for it, so I have to it. catch up. Yeah. Okay. The last thing that we want to talk about is very, very uh, near and dear to my heart. If anybody has not yet checked out Disclosure, which is a documentary that's on Netflix and is all about trans representation in the media and is just really, really beautifully done. It's an excellent documentary. It features so, so many uh, of our faves and yours, I'm sure, like Laverne Cox and Jen Richards and Jamie Clayton and Leo Shang. You know, you might have heard our of him. Our good friend, we, Leo. Our good friend may have joined us for trivia once. Uh, so there's just, there's so many, so many amazing people um, who are just really breaking down trans representation in the media, the history of it, the current state of it, uh, what their experience of it was like growing up and and currently as trans people. Um, and it's just, it's really, really worth checking out. So cannot recommend it enough. Disclosure, find it. It's on Netflix. You will not regret it. Check it out. That's what's happening this week. Back to you, Ellie and Lee. Thanks, Ellie and Lee. We are so excited to bring you episode 19 of season three. And a little sad to tell you it's our last episode of this season. I know, but we will be back. Don't worry. <sighs> we will be back. But this, today's episode, we are excited to bring you Carry Your Gaze. I am so excited for this. Uh, Lee and I, mostly Lee, spent about 45 minutes coming up with all the um, subtitles for this. So just get <laughs> ready for all of the Aries that we are about to throw your way. <laughs> it's going to be a lot. Uh, some of you will remember all the way back in season one of this here little podcast. Season one, episode 15, we did an episode on barrier gaze, which is a trope that I'm sure most of our listeners are familiar with. Has shattered if our lives, not, you know? Yes. 
that's fine. <laughs> if you're not, you can go back and check out that episode and then, um, you know, hop right on back over here. What we would like to talk about today is we thought, what better way to end season three with, you know, the year that we've all been having so far than to focus on the positives. Let's talk about some of the shows that are doing way better things these days with their gay characters, yes. right? How do shows carry their gaze carry them on their backs piggybacking them to just victory toting them around <laughs> they got a little satchel by the side and you just stick your gaze in there and take them with you pocket gaze i would also like to thank ariel because she was the one who sort of sparked this to come come back to fruition we've been thinking about doing this episode and she suggested something like it and i said oh my goodness let's do something Let's do this. Let's like actually talk about the positive things that are happening in our lives instead of putting gays in graves. So but, yeah, yeah. Other than that, <laughs> yeah. Um. So these are you know look showrunners, writers, free of charge. Here are some other ideas for things that you can do with your gay characters and help your show keep your queer fandom happy and engaged and enjoying and watching your show just some just some thoughts just you know just a few ideas here's They're our on us our free consultation <laughs> <laughs> uh, but if you want to mail us a check we can tell you where to send that it's fine yes join our patreon bit.ly slash patreon <laughs> um <laughs> And you you will notice a theme. So should we start at the top of our list, Ellie? Yes, let's start at the top, which is, you know, I think what we all first think about, which is the, the opposite of burying your gaze, which is marry your gaze. Marry those gays. Get those gays married. Give them a happy ending. Everybody wants a happy ending sometimes, you know? Yes. Uh, I think some of you already have. I know Caitlin Alexander, they put together a whole campaign. At one point, they had shirts and everything. So some of you even have these fantastic Marry Your Gaze shirts. Keep wearing those and keep putting that idea out there because, yeah, this is a huge one. I mean, yes. let's let's talk about some of the shows that have done this and why we loved it. Yes. So I think the biggest one for me is Shit's Creek. In their season finale, finally, we have Patrick and David married and happy and living their cute little life. And I think we just need more happiness in our shows. We've gotten so much sadness that when we finally get a happy ending, it's like, ah, oh, warms our heart and just like <laughs> makes us know that this is possible for us too. So Yeah, it it yeah. also I think one of the other reasons that I like this as a as an alternative, besides just the happy ending, is it also by design it has to centralize your queer relationships, right? Like, it's really hard to kind of put your relationship to the side if you're, like, focusing on, like, here are these characters and here is their wedding, you know? Like... Yeah, no one's, no one's, like, they're on the altar, but you're focusing on people in the audience. Right, exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, I suppose it, it would be possible to do that. I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the friend's wedding out there as an example of that. Like, yeah. there was a gay wedding, the gay wedding was not the focus. But I think most of the time when it's done these days, like, the focus is on that relationship, you know? And I think that's why, like, some of the other examples that we have in here, because I'm gonna, I'm gonna toss Winona Earp in the mix as a marry your gays example. They haven't gotten married yet, but, but I think that... <laughs> well, I think that the idea of, like, these are soulmates, you know, and, like, these are two characters who you know, like, you're not gonna see them with other people. Like, I think that same idea applies to, like, the alternate universe, right, where it's, like, even in an alternate universe where they have been torn apart by various circumstances, those two characters are gonna find each other and are gonna get back together, you know? Like, that's the type of thing that I think, um, you love, you love to see, we love to see we it. Love I to love see to see it. it. We love to see it. <laughs> uh, I would throw Gentleman Jack in there as well, you know? Like, same thing, they didn't technically officially get married, but you watch them do their little, like, private, this is, we know we're getting married, the, they take communion together and they leave the little church, and you're like, you just <laughs> got married and no one else knew it, but you knew it and we knew it and that's good enough. Yes. And I think, like, we des we deserve love. We deserve love, and we should get to see it on screen. Even, too, I will throw Runaways out there, because obviously they didn't actually get married. But there was this whole dream sequence 
where Dianoru got married, right? It was like Carolina's dream. And you get to see inside, like, this is her biggest fantasy. It's like just all she wants to do is get married to Nico. And there's so much other shit happening in their lives. And like, this is what she cares about the most. And I just think that's so beautiful. It is beautiful. It's also, I'm going to add that as another reason that I think it's important and it's a great choice for shows is it normalizes the idea of gay people getting married. Yes. Um, and especially like doing it on shows. People need to see that. Like not just adults need to see that too, but like teenagers need to see that. Kids need to see that. Like people need to see, hey, if I am gay, it's totally cool and I can fall in love and I can get married and I can have a wedding with all of the people who love me and care about me there celebrating that. Like that's huge. That's so, so important to see, you know? Because yes. if you think about it, like think about how many shows, especially people like our age, how many shows we grew up watching where everybody was getting married and but they were all straight, you know? Like yeah. how many gay weddings did you watch on TV growing up? I cannot think of one. Right. I can't think of a single one. That is So I'm I'm gonna say that's another, you know, keep that in mind. Like we always say representation matters. Representation matters. Show people that this is an option, that this is like a natural thing that also uh, applies to people who aren't straight. They also grow up and get married and and have weddings and are happy together. That's... Yes, I agree. I love how we have this whole section here that's like, why is this better than barrier gaze? It's like, literally <laughs> anything is better than barrier gaze. <laughs> Like, Why is it better than taking your gay character, making them uh, completely non-important to the plot, and then killing them violently? It's yeah, hard like, to say, let's, really. Let's just try to really explain this to people. <laughs> Let me give you a bullet-pointed list, showrunners, as to why not killing your gays is better than killing them. But clearly, we have to we have to explain some of these things. But <laughs> let's move on to our next, which I am obsessed with, and Lee came up with, which is fairy your gays. And and we're we're spelling it the fancy way with the AE here. Not that it really matters. We're just going with like that mythical, magical make your gaze magic. Yeah, make your gaze magic. I mean, we've already gotten we did get some magic, right, with Willow and Tara. Mm-hmm. But but this But also killed them. <laughs> but also, yeah, also did shitty things with them. But all of these new shows, for example, one of our favorite new shows <laughs> motherland is giving make your gays witches okay is giving us gay witches in spades gay witches rolling on fairy drugs like <laughs> <laughs> i am so for it and this is i know not exactly where we're at but i think with giving your gay characters some sort of powers also mm-hmm. like makes us feel like we are powerful Oh, I love that. Which, like, we know we are. Lee and I know we are. (laughs) We hope you all know you are. Know you're powerful. Find your center. But really, like... Find your gay center. Especially Motherland. I could go on for years about this show. Here's the thing. We all know magic is gay, right? I mean, we have talked about this on so many episodes now. That, like, magic is just an underhanded way of queer coding shit in your book, in your show, in your movie. Doesn't matter what it is. You make it magic, the gays are claiming it. Yes. Okay? That's just a fact. That's how it goes. And so when we get characters who are magic and who do have that power and are explicitly made gay, it's just, it makes us happy. I don't know why it just does. (laughs) We just, we love a gay witch. We love a gay witch. Well, because I think also like so many of us, I'm going to get really deep, but a lot of us feel powerless. Like a lot of us feel like we're outcasts in society. Like we don't necessarily fit in. To have a character who doesn't fit in, but, like, not fitting in is positive, that can reframe your narrative mm-hmm. where you're like, okay, I don't fit in, but, like, neither does Rael, and she's a badass, right? Like, she doesn't fit in here, and I love her, and she owns herself, and she can heal people with her freaking hands, you know? And those braids, and, like, everyone's And the braids and everything, We get a lot of queer-coded, like, villains who are magical, right? In the past, at least. Yes. I also want to say, like, I think we need good and bad gays. We need gays across the whole spectrum. Like, so let's get some actual good magic witches 
and some bad magic witches and like have them sleep with each other. Like that's great. It's like we're reclaiming, you know, like gay is a positive thing and reclaiming witchcraft is a positive thing all at the same time. <laughs> exactly. We're just like taking it all. We're taking yeah. it all. Uh, I'm going to put runaways in this camp as well. I think they, you know, like, I mean, when you take one of your gays and you make them glow like a literal rainbow. It, oh, mean, yeah. That's just, no one doesn't like that. No. And also just like in a beautiful shell of a human being. Like, that's great. Yeah, right? Just, you have two gays, and one of them is a giant glowing rainbow, and one of them has, like, a giant wand. And you're just like, yeah, okay. Yeah. This is fine. Yeah, I'm, a, I'm into both <laughs> of these things. I also love the power dynamic between, like, the dark and the light mm-hmm. in Runaways, which is sort of the same as Motherland. Another show that we didn't really, um, we didn't write down here, but I just thought of. I know we're talking about magic. Let's bend it to also be superheroes. Yes, Barrier gays, because now we also have Batwoman. Yeah. So so we have, like, a superhero gay, right? It's all about, like, giving your gays power because we haven't had it before. And I love it. If you don't have magic, you can at least have a belt full of fun tricks. That's all. Exactly. I'm so about it. (laughs) And a really cool car. You know, just a couple things. Yeah, just, like, a few things. Yeah. 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 And I'm like, and Supergirl. She gay. <laughs> Coming back to Are that. we over it? We'll never, we'll never be, be over, over it. it. <laughs> <laughs> we've we've converted Ellie is what we did. Can you imagine if this, I'm just saying it right now, if this episode comes out and in the time since we've recorded this episode and the time that we release it, Supercorp becomes canon, I will shave my head. <laughs> <laughs> that is a ballsy move because I will say we are recording this farther out than we usually record some of our episodes the way the schedule works out with lockdown and everything there is some time so y'all might be getting a real fun new look for Ellie <laughs> Supergirl writers I love my hair but I want Supercorp together even more so I'm gonna secretly start a campaign starting like right now for everyone to voice their support for making, yes. making Supercorp I mean I think if it, they haven't done it already they're not gonna do it but if they do I'm gonna be bald so <laughs> we didn't think that was coming up in this episode but oh wow we've gone places already we're only two in Ellie we I have know. so many left so many <laughs> things rhyme with so many things rhyme with Barry um okay up next I would like to submit for your consideration cherry your gaze um so what does that mean Lee <laughs> what I mean is let's take some shows like for example one day at a time or mm. the bold type where you got to see characters having the experience of maybe their first time popping in, their gay cherry in <laughs> situations <laughs> in the bedroom that's all yes um and again I'm gonna put this in here because I know I mean these do not all have to coexist. Some of them can't coexist in a lot of ways. But I think that, you know, we talk a lot about how a lot of us want to see established gay characters. We want to see gay characters who are out, who are comfortable with themselves. Every story doesn't have to be a coming out story. And it absolutely doesn't. Coming out stories are still really important. And I think first time stories are still really important. And I think honestly and truthfully approaching those storylines and letting people see their characters live through those experiences again i think that kind of representation for younger queer people who are questioning their sexuality or you know realizing things about themselves that they didn't know yet i think having something where they can see someone go through that in a positive way is just really, really important. I think, like, how One Day at a Time tackled some of those topics has just been handled so well, you know? And, Love like, it. I, again, like, thinking back to when I was, like, the age of some of the kids watching those the show now, like, there just wasn't anything like that out there. You know, like, you watched people deal with their first time. But it they was were, a little different. yeah, very different. <laughs> well, I, it's a, a little different thing. Talking about this episode, I just think it's, like, blanket statement we're gonna get into more stuff but like give us everything that straight people have always had you have high school dramas you also have like adults who are married dealing with their married life you also have superheroes you know what i mean like it's like we can have more stories than just the coming out story but that doesn't mean that the coming out story isn't still an important part of like the whole queer canon yeah 
Right. We watch straight characters have their first time on screen. We we also watch straight characters um, who we have never seen the first time. They yeah. Sex we also life. see straight characters who like join us when they're like forty five. Right. And you yes. get yes, like yes, yes, right yes. in the middle of their lives. Like, but if all we're getting is queer characters in the most tumultuous time in our lives, you're like, does it ever get like less tumultuous than that? <laughs> Like, does it? And I'm like, actually, does it? No. <laughs> but You're I, like, try, write, write us an email, lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Let me know. Yeah. Does let, it? Does it? Does it get less tumultuous? <laughs> but I think, too, so you have, like, those high school first times. But we've also had on screen, like, people who are older having their first times. Like, for example, in the bold type. I think it's so important to have different stages of coming out, too, of not, like, Everyone comes out when they're in high school. So, like, if I didn't come out in high school, guess I'm not gay. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, clearly not. And you also, like, still have to deal with a lot of shit whenever that time is. Yeah. like Even when it's it's by far not your first time having Having sex, sex, right? I mean, Kat was not a stranger to having sex. Yes. Uh, She just hadn't had sex with another woman yet. Um, And that storyline, like, that, yeah, I agree. That was so important to see her going through that as someone who is, you know, older she's established like she has a life and a job and just still had this part of herself that she hadn't quite realized was there yet you know yeah um yeah i agree i think it's it's really important for people to to be able to see that i'm so excited for this next one <laughs> our next topic is going to be scarier gays <laughs> and this first of all I'm just so into Killing Eve right now. Like, I cannot handle it. I don't know. Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Martha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. We watched the last episode, but... I did. Well, at least the last episode as of the time we're recording this. God knows where this is going to God knows where it's us. going. But this is another thing where I feel like it's like, give us complex characters, Villanelle is a queer woman. She also kills a shit ton of people. She's a murderer. Mm-hmm. She's an assassin. And, like, we still are like, yep, but she's one of us. She, okay, but here's the thing. <laughs> we got her. Here's why I love it is because I get that there are some complex issues that surround making your queer character evil. I understand that. But at the same time, let's not pretend that straight people weren't freaking rooting for Dexter for, like, every goddamn season of that show, even though all he did was murder people. (laughs) Yeah. So we have our own psychopathic serial killer, and we just kind of love her anyways, because she's weird and complicated and and evil and so down gay. to the core in so many ways, but also so very, very gay. Oh my god. And that's just kind of fun. <laughs> I love it. Well, that's a thing. Like, it's like, give us something interesting. This is interesting. Like, well, and make us conflicted about it, you know? May- yeah, make us actually be like, wait, should I like this? I shouldn't like this. <laughs> but I kind of do. Do I want them to, like, go get married? But, like, they are so toxic together. I want them to kiss. Thank God they finally kissed. It was such oh, a weird... Kiss on the bus. Such a weird and great scene. I think, like, it is important for us to not also just be, like, completely sugar-coated. Yeah. not being, like... Gays can kill too, but like, but you, but you know what I mean. It's like we were everywhere, every type of person. When you sanitize us to like just be what heterosexual people are comfortable with, yeah, you completely like take the color out of our community. 
as I'm like, Villanelle is like the color of our community, but she is. She's so flamboyant and she's unapologetically gay. Yes. And like, it's not a thing. And she's, she's a, not a paradox, but like, it is hard to put her in just one box because they make her, the thing about it is it is going to be a challenge to write a character that we will still be rooting for, even when they are so intrinsically evil, right? Yes. And that's the thing. It's why I think people liked the show of Dexter the same way, because how do they take a show that makes you root for the serial killer, right? And I think Killing Eve's doing the same thing. They're taking a show where you're saying like, I should not like this character. I know that. If this character existed in real life, she would be horrifying. Yes. But at the same time, she's funny and she's childish and she's petty and she's jealous and she's, you know, there's so many different parts to her. It gets hard not to still get sucked into the other things, even when you know you're like, oh, but now you just killed someone again. Yes. Oh, oh, you kidnapped a baby. (laughs) You threw, uh, actually, Dasha threw the baby in the trash, but, like, literally. Yeah. Oh, my God, insane. And, like, even, like, there was this scene where Villanelle's following these two girls, and you think she's going to kill them, and then you find out the next day she slept with them instead, and you're just, like, I was, like, yes, Villanelle, you player bitch. (laughs) And I'm, like, why am I, (laughs) like, why am I, like, being, like, oh, I wasn't even, like, that happy that the girls didn't get killed. I was, like, more happy that Villanelle got some. And I'm, like, that is so twisted, but I can't stop it. Yeah. It just, it introduces a really nice, crunchy, gray area to your show where it's, like, it's really a show that doesn't even have a hero. Like, Eve is not a hero in that show either. Eve is a conflicting, complicated character. Villanelle is a complicated character. It's sort of like a show of anti-heroes. Everyone's kind of terrible. There are different levels of terrible, and there are different ways of being terrible. Uh, and some sure are worse than others, like murdering many, many, many people. Yeah. Um, but you know what? It's just, it gives us something you can really, like, sink your teeth into. And I think you can see that by how how much we're obsessed with it, how much so many people are obsessed with it. So, yes. you know... Rise to the challenge. Scare your gaze. Scare your gaze, baby. (laughs) So the next thing we want to talk about, because it is related to Killing Eve, is barely your gaze. (laughs) Um, And what we mean by that is that being gay isn't the main thing about the character. As we say, as we're like, we love lesbians and queer people. And like, it's a huge part of me. And, like, it is still a huge part of those characters. It's just not the thing you focus on, right? And it's not what's driving the, the plot you know, arc of the, yeah it's, not, yeah, it's not, like, the crux of it all. And I think Villanelle and Eve, actually, I think are two very good examples of that because I think it's why so many straight people watching this show still seem convinced that they're not gay? <laughs> Question mark? How? I can, <laughs> How? okay, I can sort of understand if you think Eve is not, sort of. Villanelle is clearly she they they put her out there as like yeah. she sleeps with women all the time. They they have not really shied away from her being attracted to women by any stretch of the imagination. No. But what's fascinating is even and I understand they're getting more and more explicit with it because the pressure is climbing, the situations are ramping up. I get it. It's going to get more explicit. But even way back in season 1 when everyone watching the show was like what do you mean you don't see the gay in here? Look at them. Look at them together. Look at any scene the two of them are in. How do you not see this? The sexual tension is insane. The, oh my god, the tension, the the just attraction simmering right there in your face. But I think it's a great example of shows where, like, the main thing that you care about isn't that she's gay. No. It's that she's a, an assassin. It's that she keeps killing people. You know, it's other facets of her. The, her being queer is there. But it's, yeah, it's absolutely not the, the focus of the show. It's coming more into focus as the main thing seems to be narrowing down to just, you know, like her, her and, and Eve yeah. and how that has to keep progressing. I mean, you can't just keep dancing around. There's some tension there for like three seasons. For like you 10 have, years. You have, to, you have to go somewhere with it. But I think that how each of them independently, because they're very different from each other, how they've developed their attraction to one another um, how they've exposed the reality of their sexualities and attraction to to each other and stuff like that. I think that's just been done really 
differently than a lot of shows have. Subtle, yeah, a little bit more subtle, even though it's mm-hmm. not subtle. Like, it's it's subtle, but not subtext. Yeah. Right? And neither one of them has come out and said, like, in so many words, yeah. you know, I am queer or bi or pan or gay or what i mean they haven't said that word we haven't had an episode that just focuses on villanelle like, oh coming out to constantine <laughs> <laughs> and he's like bitch i can know can you imagine the killing eve very special episode <laughs> no and then constantine would just be there like i think you're a terrible lesbian <laughs> <laughs> love it eve I comes out no to carolyn date you eve comes up to carolyn and she's like darling we know yeah <laughs> That's it. Oh my god, could you imagine if Eve came out to Carolyn? That would be the best No, scene. actually Eve comes out to Carolyn and Carolyn's like, "Are you asking is it me? Am I are you I am not interested, I, Eve." Here's what she I'm would flattered, say, Car- but I'm not interested." <laughs> <laughs> Carolyn would be like, "My rather think that was obvious." And then she'd go on about like some woman that she hooked up with in like 1983 or yes, something. Yes, and tell this ram- long rambling story and then the woman oh would God. come out of would knock on her door and she'd be like, "Oh, she's staying with me this weekend." Amazing. Yes. I I would die. Love it. Okay, barely your gaze. Counterpoint to barely your gaze. Again, I, I did mention some of these do not coexist in the show. Um our next suggestion for your characters is vary your gaze with V E R Y. Uh make your gaze gayer. gayer. Make your show gayer. gayer. Put more gay stuff in your show. That's it. Or be more explicit with your gay. All of the gay. More of the gay. More of the gay. (laughs) I think this is um, both in quantity and quality. Yes. So in terms of quantity, literally just the number of queer characters on your show. We've talked about this before, but very rarely does does a gay exist in a vacuum. We run in packs. The most obvious one of this, which like, of course, we knew this was going to be a lot of gays. But Generation Q, thank God that we have a, just a, a whole show that's only gay people. Right. Love it. And everyone has a different relationship. Everyone has different issues they're working through with those relationships. And you can actually explore all different, like, facets of what, how it feels to be a queer person moving through the world. And also your your gay character then doesn't become the token gay character who has to represent all gay people. Y- you can have variety, you can have different, you can have more, again, more complicated characters. You can make some of them have both positive and negative qualities in a way that's really hard when you have one gay person. And if you make them shitty, with the exception of, of Killing Eve, a lot of times you're gonna be like, why is your gay person this shitty? Yep. <laughs> It just lets you spice it up a little bit, you know? It's a lot of hopes for us to put into one person. It is. And it's like, I I do understand. Like, yes, we do. We get emails. I know there are people who live in, you know, places where they're not surrounded by gay people and they don't have the the sense of queer community and everything. But like so many of these shows, they're in, you know, they're set in like LA and New York and like major metropolitan cities. And I'm like, you find me the LA gay who has no No gay gay friends. friends. (laughs) Like, can you imagine Literally insane. Well, that's the thing with... I don't think you've watched Katie Keene, right? You haven't seen it yet? I have not, But no. I just started watching it. And it's, like, it's an, basically this, like, New York love story, kind of, of, like, this girl who, like, is a, in love with New York and, like, she lives in New York with her friends and, like, it's all, like, bohemian and whatever. And there's, like, ten gay people in it because it's New York City. Right. And, Accurate. like, they're actors. Like... <laughs> it's all gay people like how and like the main character Katie Keene is straight but she's surrounded by gay people like the main bar they go to is a gay bar like and she's the token straight person and it's like you're in New York City like that makes sense that like when I watched the show I was like when I lived in New York that was like my New York experience and I feel like honestly most people's New York experience like not just me being a gay person there's gay people everywhere yeah. It's New York City. Also, I think another thing that we mean by this is, like, be more explicit with your gay or at least treat your gay 
characters and relationships the same way that you treat your straight ones. Because this is something that I think a mm. lot of us have been dealing with for a very long time in shows that we watch, right? Where like, um, I I'm gonna I'm gonna say we're gonna talk about Motherland again because we love Motherland. <laughs> because we're obsessed. It's because fine. it's so freaking good. It's so good. So here's the thing. Motherland, I think, in just I mean, straight out the gate, right? Where they are like, okay, here are here's this this group of girls they're in which that's it Arnie there's a group of group of girls <laughs> and uh and then like here's two of them like immediately pushing each other up against a wall and like hardcore making out like and they showed a lot of things in that scene I, it's like <laughs> my sensibility but it's like <laughs> i was almost like taken aback by it because we don't get that that often and we we never get it in like the pilot in, episode like, the of first a show episode yeah so I was just like, wait, she's unzipping her pants? I was like, this isn't just a makeout scene and then a blackout? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. How? They're not leaving it to the imagination. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, I. it's funny, and we've talked about this, we talked about it with some of our patrons in our Discord, is uh, Motherland is on Freeform, right? And I think a lot of us remember Freeform from way back when it was ABC Family. Uh, and we were all watching Pretty Little Liars. And I think like that's a great example of like, Every gay person who watched that show remembers the episode where they had to watch every single straight couple have these hot, steamy, topless hookups with the sheet placed strategically in just the right place, and you're getting, like, multi-angle shots of, you know, like, oh, here's all this steamy passion and all this stuff, and then they cut (laughs) cut to their gay characters in bed, I think maybe their knees might have been touching or something. I mean, it was just, like, nothing. nothing. I don't even think they kissed. The contrast was laughable. I mean, it was just so, so obvious and and bad, you know, in hindsight. Um, it just wasn't, it wasn't well done. And I get that it probably wasn't their fault. I'm sure the network was, like, a very different situation at that point in time. But comparing that with how Motherland treated Rael and Scylla right out the gate, and then comparing that with Beltane... <laughs> Beltane was the most wild orgy I've ever seen in my life. I could talk for hours about that. Like, just for hours about so many choices that were made that are so small, that are just, you know, like, you blink and you miss it, that I was like, oh my god, why isn't every show like this? It was so perfect. It was so perfect. And literally, like, Abigail just, like, taking control of her sexuality and, like, having these two men with her and then she's like now you make out and i was like what is happening why have we never been able to see this on tv before and why am i so happy that it's happening now i was lost it i just my mouth like jaw dropped i was just like i am so here for this i can't even stand it right now everything about it rayelle showing up in that suit yes the dance and i loved like if you watch in the dance like they very very clearly like rayelle is not the only one who's dancing with women and uh, and ends up with like a girl partner like there's other pairings in the background of dudes together and girls together and i just oh my god i was like is what is happening and why why have I never felt this just sheer joy at like the absolute just a sex positive and b like queer positive just hot nonsense witch orgy happening on my screen. Right it's, now. So it just, it's so good. It's so good. It was the best. So gay, and it makes yes. me and that's so what happy. We want. we want things that are very gay. I'm also I have to talk about it because I am obsessed and I'm still never gonna be over it. Um, sensate. I'm just gonna say like same thing. It is. Not for the faint of heart. If you do not want to see very explicit gay sex scenes, not the show for you. But if you do, boy, is it fun when you have that show that you can go out and find. Yes. It is. And, you know, it's. I think it's similar to, like, some of the experience of Beltane, where you're just like, here's a giant group queer orgy. And, like, yeah, I'm here for it. Why I'm not? about it. I'm yeah. about it. I am so about there it. you go. Uh, give us very, very gay very, stuff. Very, very gay stuff. <laughs> I also want to talk about Hentified super quickly because, like, from the first episode, they had, like, queer sex, queer characters, and it was just like, okay, this is one of the main characters, and, like, she's a lesbian, and she has a queer, like, partner. And that was just, like, the one of the first things you see. Her girlfriend is in most episodes. And, yeah, it's just, like, gay, gay, gay from the get-go. I love it. Our next is 
which I'm very excited is non-binary. You're gay. I I love this. I love this so much because this is a big one, and it's this is one where we we do have fewer examples of it, obviously, but there's not none, and that's something yes. that we think is great. So yes. um, let's start. Can I start with one day at a time? Oh yes. I think this is a great example of, like, there's not a lot of shows that have non-binary characters even in general, right? Mm -hmm. And I think having non-binary characters and then having uh, non-binary characters who are specifically playing queer roles. I think One Day at a Time is a great example of this where uh, Elena realizes that she's attracted to women, like, comes out as a queer character. We do her whole coming out story. And she ends up dating a non-binary character. And and I think the way that they handled that, the way that they, you know, dived into, like, what does it mean for Elena to come out as a lesbian and then date Sid? And how do their identities align? Like, what do those, how does that play together? What do you call each other? Like, just all of these topics that, again, I think people need to see this. People, A, need to see that non-binary people exist. Yes. <laughs> and are real. And yes. are in your lives, probably, whether you know it or not. I mean, uh, our listener base, you know. Uh, it, yes. But, yes. <laughs> <laughs> but they're there. And we, as a community and we as a greater society, I think, owe it to all of them to be more educated and be have more representation and just, you know, really have the same, again, the same level of they need to see themselves on screen too, you yes. know? Uh, so yeah, please, please, please. Uh, let's talk about some more. I think too, like the more non-binary characters we have, the more we can have the same stuff, which is like not tokenizing them. Mm -hmm. It's not like, okay, your only role on this show is to show that non-binary people exist. <laughs> like right. you can also have like a fully formed character and human being who is non-binary. And of course, a lot of their gender expression is gonna play into some of their life. But, like, you can have other stories. So I want to talk about Zoe's Infinite Playlist. There is one of the main characters on Zoe's Infinite Playlist is non-binary, gender fluid, uses he and she pronouns, depending on the day, which I also just love. Because I think that also just, like, illustrates to a wider audience that, like, there can be a spectrum. People have such a hard time with the word they, which is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. But, like, when you're like, oh, well, sometimes I feel like he and sometimes I feel like she, a mainstream audience is like, yes, I understand that because that makes sense grammatically. And you're like, you're right. idiots. But you know what I'm saying? But it's also, I like that we have examples uh, for the the two examples of non-binary char non characters that we put up here that are two very different ways that people can be non-binary. Yes, which are different from each other and which are both still real and valid. And that's great. I think, you know, some non-binary people use they, some don't. Yes. Some some non-binary people still only prefer one set of gendered pronouns. Some like both. Some like any. Some have specific feelings like day to day. All of that is going to be different. And I think exactly the more non-binary characters that we get on screen, the more you'll start to see all of those different possibilities and the more people start to understand what it can mean and all of the different things that it can mean. Yes. And also, like, he gets this whole storyline where he gets to you get to see more of, like, his life. Like, from the beginning of Zoe's Infinite Playlist, it seemed like maybe he was going to be, like, a side sidekick kind of character, mm -hmm. which was, like, he was he's, like, this, like, sassy, like, character to add, like, sprinkles of color everywhere. And then I was so happy, like, that episode where they really gave him, like, time to dig into he's having all these issues with his religion and reconciling, like, his authentic self. And he ends up, like, singing this beautiful song, like... He presents as a male when he goes to church because he feels uncomfortable. And then at the end, he, like, wears a dress and, like, does his makeup and puts crazy hair on and, like, sings this gorgeous song and everyone in the church is affirming him. And I think, like, those two intersectional identities, like, don't get explored that much either. And so it was, like, very – I love the show. If if anyone has not seen it, watch it because it, it has a lot of – has a lot of layers like an onion. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> uh, and like Ellie with those accents. I know. Um, How okay. many accents have I whipped out today? Wait, really oh, only wow. British, even though I was trying to be Scottish right there. 
this is we're we're closing it out. So our last one, our last suggestion is another vary your gaze, but this time it's V A R Y. And what we mean by this is gay people, fun fact, can also be people of color. Queers are not all white, TV, is what we're saying. <laughs> queers are not all white, queers are not all butch, queers are not all femme, queers are not all there has been a significant lack of QPOC representation on TV. However, there are some shows that are doing it well. One of our favorites, The Bold Type. Mm-hmm. And The Bold Type I love also because it's a big one, too, that I see I see people comment on all the time. Is that especially interracial relationships mm. tend to focus exclusively on some person of color and a white, a white person. person. Right. And you can have interracial relationships that don't involve a white person. Uh, and I love the bold type uh, for doing this. And I think, you know, a lot of people appreciated seeing uh, a relationship between two queer women of color with different backgrounds and ethnicities. And that, like, that's, I think, really important. Same thing with Black Lightning, you know? I mean, that's one that I think gets talked about a lot less and is, again, very important and presenting a lot of representation in terms of here are queer characters. They are not white. They yes. are still dating. <laughs> yes. That I know the the show itself, I think there's been some people feeling like they're sidelining that storyline a little bit. But I think in terms of, you know, championing shows that are really given like that level of representation, we, you can't leave it off that list. Yes. Yes. I mean, it's the same with Hentified. Like the two characters are both women of color, but from different backgrounds. Mm -hmm. Media in general just tokenizes minorities. So like the same way that like queer people are tokenized. It's like, okay, well, we have one queer person. So like we need to also find a queer person of color to date them. And like, it's like almost like, okay, well, we we checked off the box. And so now they don't matter. Right. And right. that's like so not obviously not what they should be doing. Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I think One Day at a Time, also both great examples of having Hispanic characters who are also queer women. Um, and Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I know also, you know, I think both Stephanie Beatrice and Melissa Fumero have both talked about the the audition process and what it felt like to have two Hispanic actresses cast as, as you know, like main characters on the same show. Yeah. Um, how rare that was and how, you know, I think Stephanie Beatrice was saying she knew Melissa Fumero had been cast when she auditioned and she was like, well, so there's no way I'm going to be on the show like they already have one hispanic woman so so i'm like i they already so checked I, the box so i'm I immediately be, yeah. out um so i think having you know having that experience and then doubling down on saying like let's also take rosa's character and not just make her buy make her like explicitly say it out loud you know which again is just something you don't get a lot on tv uh so yeah i mean i think Things like that are really meaningful, um, again, to people who really lack and crave the representation yes. of themselves, you know? Um, let's toss Generation Q in there again, too, because I think same thing. As soon as you have the opportunity to cast multiple gay characters in your show, yeah, like those <laughs> gay characters can look different from each other. Yes, please. I know, which, thank God, because the L word did not do a good job on that. And Not the best job the original round, no, but I think, you know, they have improved. Yes, they for sure have improved in Generation Q. Also, I would love to mention in terms of varying representation, I personally love Pose. Um, and that is just like such great rep for Black trans rep to have a show where the majority of your actors are Black and trans. And it's an amazing show is so important. So I don't see why we couldn't have more shows like that. And you can hear so much more about that in Disclosure documentary on Netflix. Just a thought. Check it out. Yes. Speaking of varying your gaze, you don't just have to vary your gaze on screen. It's also very, very important to vary <laughs> your gaze behind the scenes as well, especially in the writer's room. Yeah, it's something that we really want to highlight given the um, news that came out about how Killing Eve has no Asian writers. That, you know, it's not just important to have diversity in front of the camera. You also want that reflected in the rest of your staff, in your showrunners, in your producers, in your writers, all of those things. That's something that's also very important. And also to remember, I, you know, I think I just saw someone tweeting like today or yesterday, like, a reminder, like black people can also write white characters or other characters. They don't, you don't only have to hire like black writers or, or POC writers um, if you have that rep on your show. I mean, you 
should, absolutely in that case, but, you know, it, it's not a requirement for them to be included in writer's rooms. So yes. that's that's something else to mention. I think it's also important to talk about um, varying your gaze in terms of, like, relationship styles, because as a community, a lot of us are not monogamous. Like, a pretty significant amount compared, I think, to the general population. I know, like, a lot of us are monogamous, but what I loved about Shit's Creek is that David and Patrick still have their happy ending. They get married. It's clear, like, that's their partner. But, like, sexually, they don't necessarily have to do that. And, like, because it's just Greek, it's, like, a, it's obviously, like, all in a joke and stuff like that. But but still, like, there's a part where they, like, debate having a threesome with Jake, right? And they're, like, talking about it in an open way about their sexuality. Like, and, and like, th- that's another way that I think, like, stereotypically gay men have been a bit like sanitized either sanitized or hypersexualized on television right. or shamed or stigmatized yes, you know like for their like sexual choices but in Shit's Creek it's like okay well this is a part of the gay community like this is my partner but like maybe sexually they don't need to be the only one and even I know you haven't seen the Shit's Creek finale I'm sorry Lee but it's okay you can ruin it for me but even on their wedding day Patrick gets David a massage and he pays to get David the massage. And then there's a whole mishap where the masseuse gives David a happy ending. And on their wedding day, he literally gets a happy ending. And he thought that Patrick had paid for it for him. Like he he literally was like, oh, thank you so much for that. And it's ridiculous. But it also like I loved it because I was like, you know, this happened. It's their wedding day. Like. I feel like in a conventional relationship, people would be like, you cheated on me on my wedding, on our wedding day, blah, blah, blah. But because they're like, they might not have had these conversations on screen, but you can tell like off screen, they've had a lot of conversations about like the fluidity of both of their sexualities. Like maybe like Patrick's, David's the first man Patrick's ever been with. Like maybe there's some conversations about that. But I just think there's like a lot to be said about different types of relationships and different like... Mm types of relationship between queer people on on tv so there you have it everyone just a few thoughts off the top of our heads just a few um just a couple things that you could do to uh you know write better gay characters give it give us the gay (laughs) give us the gay all right i think it's time for our q and gays q q q Q. and gay I, it's always time. I can't believe we're going to go so long without some Q&As for a bit. Ugh. Oh, okay. I'm sad. Maybe we'll just throw some up on our Twitter just for shits and gigs over the summer. Okay. <laughs> I like, mean, fine. I'm like, maybe we, we will. Lee will. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into this. Okay. Question one, Ellie. How would you prefer to marry your gay? A big wedding or a secret private ceremony? Big wedding. I want a party. I want all my friends and family there. I have no money, but no expense will be spared. You're not a person who does a lot of things uh, in secret. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. It'll be it'll be all over social media. Sorry. Everyone needs to know. Number two. Who are you rooting for more? Eve or Villanelle? Oh, this is a hard question. I'm rooting for Villanelle to continue growing as a character. I'm rooting for Villanelle. Let's be real. You're rooting for Villanelle. <laughs> I'm rooting, I'm rooting for, Villanelle. for Villanelle. Eve has sucked lately. I'm like, Eve, I'm like, Eve sucks. And she's literally only murdered one person. Eve is Eve is terrible in some of her own different ways that don't involve a lot of murder. Yeah. Um, but don't, you know, don't necessarily redeem her entirely. So no. I don't know. Question three, Ellie. Do you prefer very gays or barely gays in your shows? I'm about the very gays. We know this. I mean, I'll take a barely gay as long as it's, like, done well and I still know they're gay. <laughs> but I would much prefer very gays. Like, we hit- want all the gay shit as gay as yeah. it can be. Hit me in I the mean, face I don't with think the gay. That's, I don't think that's a secret about the two of us. Please. Please. <laughs> all right. Next question. Lee, when was your gay charried? A, high school. B, college. C, after college. Or D, still waiting to be charried? The problem with this question is, you know, as soon as we do this, Ellie's going to start pushing for us to do like a first time episode. Yes. <laughs> no. Uh, the answer is A, high school. And that's the story. That's it. 
Lee. <laughs> Let's talk about it. My parents it. listen to this podcast, Ellie. <laughs> All right, finally. <laughs> uh, question five. At Fort Salem, what would your specialty be? A, necro, B, blaster, C, fixer, or D, biddy? I would be a biddy. I love the biddies so much. <laughs> I love the biddies. I would, it would be my great honor to be a biddy. Except, no, I would hate being a biddy because I do not want to look old. So I would actually, in real life, probably be a fixer. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I, like I think the biddies people. are like one of my favorite things in the show, though, especially because it's my favorite thing. Anytime, anytime. <laughs> Anytime General Alder tries to storm out of a room, and I'm like, it's really hard to storm out of a room when, like, eight old ladies have to walk out after you. <laughs> Come on, get in, girls. We're going shopping. <laughs> Clicking their little tongues. I just, yeah. I, I think they're great. They're but okay, Fixer's well. a fine choice as well. <laughs> yep. Remember, you can give us your own answers to this episode's Q&A questions on our Twitter at Pod. If you're looking for another show to listen to while we're on hiatus, we're promoting Bloodlust during this episode, which is an episode all about horror movies if you're a horror fanatic and their teaser is coming up now hey there listener do you ever feel isolated at work or with family because you're different do strangers see you as unwholesome or possibly even evil we understand because like you we've experienced the pain of being judged simply because we're women who love horror movies since 2014, the Bloodlust podcast has been discussing every type of horror movie, from big-budget Blumhouse releases to foreign art house cannibal movies. The three women of the Bloodlust watch them all and tell you which ones you shouldn't miss. We even have a guy on hand in case we have questions like, could a 115-pound woman really load a crossbow? Or, how long would it take to vertically bisect a person? Both actual questions asked on the show, by the way. So let the Bloodlust be your go-to podcast for classy broads and a token dude talking horror. We see you out there, ladies. Let's get weird together. That's the Bloodlust on iTunes and everywhere else. Let me hear you say hip, 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 yeah. We love hearing from all of you. We love continuing to build this community. So we just want to shout out some of our favorite things every episode, and especially this episode because we won't get a chance to for a while. But know that we love you if you reach out to us on hiatus, even if we don't get to say your name every week. We would like to start by shouting out Clara and or Clara. It didn't specify the pronunciation, so I'm so sorry, Clara, if I'm saying it wrong. But um, wrote us a huge email about how much she enjoys the podcast and uh, just a lot of stuff about her life and her coming out journey so far and, you know, being home and worrying about family, um, knowing and things like that. And so we just wanted to say thank you so much for writing us. Um, we have heard from so many people, uh, especially through quarantine right now, who are just, you know, home with their families and either their families don't know and that's stressful or they do know and it's still stressful. And so we just wanted to say, you know, like we certainly love hearing those stories, but it also, we know how hard this time can be for so many of you. And so we're glad that you can find some joy in the podcast and we promise we'll be back with new episodes soon <laughs> we also would like to give a shout out to faith who messaged us on facebook about almost adults which is a great movie with natasha and elise from carmilla but they said that it should have been gayer <laughs> which we're always for a should have been gayer so <laughs> thank you for your suggestion and i agree it's very hard to see natasha and elise as just friends when they have so much chemistry and especially if you've watched all of Carmilla and you just, you know, you yeah. just want to see it. Yeah. And and they set that up. That I agree. We'll talk about the movie. It is, it's on our list as a Les Centrals. Well, I'm sure we'll get to we'll it. We'll get to it. Because we do have a lengthy list right now. But I can, I can see the ship you were going for. We all can, Faith. We see We're it. right there with you. We'd also like to thank our Lesbian Jesus patrons, Tanya Ferguson, Jess Klaus, Danny Griswold, Sarah and Julia, Carrie Ann Lawrence, Mark Foster, Danny Gunlock Tamora, Alana Rosen, Kayla Kelly. Tara Gleason, Jacqueline Rose Deschino, and our King Princess patrons, Lizette Stye, Amy and Ellen, Leah Hendley, and Liz Chen. For the last time this season, our sponsorship at Patron, Wendy K. Bartlett, reminding you to support your local artists, especially queer artists. Remember, you can also find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Less Hangout Pod. You can send us an email at lesshangoutpod at gmail.com. Or you can check out our website at lesshangoutpod.com. Make sure that you subscribe on whatever app you use to listen to your podcasts, and that way you'll get our new episodes next season as soon as they're ready. Our new season will be coming out in September, so just subscribe 
and then keep an eye on your phone in September. Just a hint. <laughs> We're also posting videos on our YouTube channel, so make sure you subscribe at youtube.com slash to catch them. If you want to help support the podcast, the easiest way to do that is to go on the Apple Podcasts app and leave us a rating and a review. It, a, is fun for us to read them, and B, helps new people find the podcast. If you want to join our Patreon, you can do that at bit.ly slash lespatreon. I will say that our Patreon is the best way to ensure that you still get some Ellie and Lee over the summer. Because yes. we... <laughs> Today, I, we were, Lee and I both were talking to our patrons for probably like two or three hours, would you say? On the Discord Our Discord chat. was hopping today, let's be real. Yeah, the Discord was out of control. We've been setting up some D&D. We're trying to put together um, a Discord group where we share pictures and we share positive support. It's been a really big lifeline for, honestly, me and like... I love it. I love I, our patrons. I love, I love it everyone so much. There. It's been such a lifeline during during all the corona stuff. So if you want to join us there, you can do it for as little as $1 and hang out with us all summer long at bit.ly <laughs> slash lespatreon. No pressure, but like you should do it. You should do it. <laughs> we also have merch. You can find all of our designs and get them on tees, on tanks, on totes, on mugs, on masks, on all sorts of good stuff. And you can find all that at bit.ly slash lesshop. If you want to find us individually, you can find me at Ellie Brigida on Instagram and Twitter. And you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at LSH Foster. With that, for the final time this season, Ugh. I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And, and let's, let's hang, hang out, out again, again soon. soon. Let's hang out. out.